Part two of session 31, and it's time to talk about homosexuality, sexual development, and sexuality in general. Let's start. In the first part, we discuss sexual energy transfer in a little bit more depth than we had in the past. And I cut it up until that point because of the length of the video itself. As you can see, there's a lot to talk about in sexuality. But this time, I also wanted to have a separate video on the topic of homosexuality because it can get very heated and you can understand why you know, in terms of the community and how they perceive it, because the answer that Ra gave can be a little controversial. So there's a lot of interpretations in the, uh, in the topic on homosexuality. I mean, from the people from LNL Research, mainly talking about Carla and what she said, uh, saying that Ra was wrong to a degree. Other people have said that he wasn't wrong or they weren't wrong, but uh, there was another interpretation and it depended actually on the question specifically that Don asked. So we're gonna get into all of that. My uh, big caveat here is that, as usual, just take my interpretation as a platform from which you can uh, make your own conclusions and decide you know, how it is. I'm gonna try my best with the limited knowledge that I have on the topic and on the general metaphysical principles and everything else to give my best interpretation, unbiased as much as possible, but I will throw in, of course, my own perspective and views on how we perceive sexuality uh, in general and the specific topics. We have to mix, mix a lot the society factors and so many things that come into play. So um, I hope this is controversial in the way that it encourages the argument of exploring a little bit more what homosexuality is and actual sexuality in general uh, we'll get into that and what's my um, my my point in all of this but just wanted to give that brief introduction to what we're going to talk about the uh, what i can take out and what other people have said in terms of the interpretation of this part of the material so we're getting you know too much you know hyped up on this let's go into the question that we left over from last video and we have a lot to talk about or I have a lot to talk about this so let's begin by reading the question that started everything Don says we have what seems to be an increasing number of entities incarnate here now who have what is called a homosexual orientation in this respect could you explain and expand upon that concept Ross says, entities of this condition experience a great deal of distortion due to the fact that they have experienced many incarnations as biological male and as biological female. This would not suggest what you call homosexuality in an active phase were it not for the difficulty vibratory, difficult vibratory condition of your planetary sphere. There is what you may call great aura infringement among your crowded urban areas in your more populous countries, as you call portions of your planetary surface. Under these conditions, the confusion will occur. Okay, so you can see already because of the language itself. And if one of the things that always caused trouble in the raw material was 
the semantics and what we attribute meaning to words. So um, also the perspective in which the um, what Ra is saying and the topic that they're talking about can be of some sort of judgmental. It's a sensitive topic. I mean, there are so many things, but uh, when they say that entities of this condition experience a great deal of distortion, we're, this is going to get a little bit more clear as we get into the other questions, but you're talking about it from a metaphysical point of view. And remember, we were talking about sexual energy transfer prior. So these are important to take into consideration. I'm not saying, you know, that this is the reason why they said this. Again, you know, this is all depending on the person. And I think it illustrates a lot the fact that, you know, when we read someone and speaking, you know, to someone too, we we tend to interpret everything obviously based on what we think and what we know. So um, one one of the, the the key the objective stuff that we can take out of here is that they're saying that there is a great deal of distortion due to the fact that first of all, and we'll get you know we'll, we'll expand more on this uh, that this these people these homosexuals have had many incarnations as biological male and as biological female. And it depends on the amount of, uh, we'll get to that percentage, uh, the amount of times that uh, a person has been a biological female or male in the past, past incarnations, of course. And that is a factor. So this would not suggest what you call homosexuality in an active phase, were it not for the difficulty vibratory condition of your planetary sphere, meaning that this would not uh, incur in homosexual behavior if it wasn't for the difficult vibratory condition of our planetary, uh, planetary sphere. So again, uh, this is all about the development of our uh, society in the planet and everything that... So see already how many factors are already coming into play to uh, distinguish what we perceive as homosexuality, which is, to me, a bloated and you know beaten uh, case probably too much, and that's why it, got, it gets all this hype. It shouldn't be that much of a big deal and it shouldn't be that much of a controversy either uh it's a it's it's an orientation it's an inclination it's like people liking certain foods uh gardening or whatever it is you know it's it's bloating out uh out of proportion but in any case what they're saying is that this gets exacerbated by the conditions of our planet the vibratory conditions again when they talk about vibratory conditions of the planet they're talking about so many things that involve the consciousness of the planet and where we derive our actions, behaviors, our uh, complexities, the uh, the type of behaviors that we get through uh, conditioning of the culture and so on. So um, there's more to say when they say uh, there is what you may call a great aura uh, infringement in our crowded places and this is what they call the cities. The cities obviously are super crowded and the distortion in behaviors there are very clear, not in homosexuality alone, but in so many other ways. Uh, because when you have overcrowding, you have a, um, a, a strange reaction to, uh, to, to people. You, we've all seen the, the example of you know, somebody who uh, plays, you know, like it's sick in a city or feels like it needs to go to the hospital or something like that. And there is 
dozens and dozens of people just walking over this person, not caring. Whereas, you know, it takes probably, I don't know, I forgot the number, but it's dozens of people until somebody finally stops and says, what's going on? Are you okay? You know, there is bias. There is, I've seen this also, and I thought it was a funny thing, like how people react to a girl that wanted to um, just get help. Of course, it was the, uh, the typical stereotype, you know, girl with the body and young, you know, in, in her prime, very, you know, uh, uh, very uh, descriptive in the way that, that she was she was dressing. And, you know, the, the whole idea was that they, they put a pole or uh, a bicycle attached to a pole and she wanted help to get it uh, detached or broken. And she got help right away from all kinds of strangers helping her out. You know, of course, guys, you know, that wanted to just get some points with this girl. So, um, you know, they helped her out. And then they did the same thing with a male, a black male. And he was trying to get help for the same thing. He got no help at all. So you can see that there, in the city, there is always this, this, uh, this distortion in terms of behaviors with one another. So that's what they're saying here. In the urban areas, this also gets exacerbated because uh, of the conditions that we have and the confusions that occur in terms of what we naturally spontaneously do, which is service to others. Uh, this, again, will get clearer as you know we go through, but these serve as examples of how people behave in cities. And, you know, this is a, this is a, a great, um, great point to just mention that these, um, these all these elements that play, this is just the external parts of the, um, the culture that influence people and um, in the city specifically, you know, this plays a big role. So, uh, of course, speaking of that, Don is going to ask a really good question and says, why does density of population create this confusion? Ross says, the bisexual reproductive urge has its goal. Not only the simple reproductive function, but more specific, uh, especially the desire to serve others being awakened by this activity. In an overcrowded situation where each mind-body-spirit complex is under a constant bombardment from other selves, it is understandable that those who are especially sensitive would not feel the desire to be of service to other selves. This also would increase the probability of a lack of desire or blockage of the red ray reproductive energy ray. So, um, let's go back a little bit. I want to read every specific slide here. So, uh, now we're talking about the bisexual reproductive urge, right? The bisexual reproductive urge, we're already talking about the biological need for having sex. And the biological need for having sex is not pleasure. It is to reproduce. That is the the that is the, the the first goal, and they also talk about the red energy transfer. So they're already talking about that. We know that between homosexuals, this is not possible. It, it's a it's a simple uh, law of nature. So they're saying that the bisexual reproductive uh, urge has its goal, not only a simple reproductive function, but especially the desire to serve others being awakened by this activity, meaning that the um, the, the reproduction act or that is it's already allowing the possibility of service to others so it's awakened by this 
is um, it's a natural function of the biological body to want to have a reproductive act, which is complete in the metaphysical sense when male and female biologically have this energy transfer, sexual energy transfer, and that allows the possibility of creating an offspring. So that is, to me, specifically what they're talking about. This is a an urge that is instinctual, and um, it has its goal. So they keep going and say, in an overcrowded situation where each mind-body-spirit complex is under constant bombardment, and we know this because in cities, you know how uh, how tense everything is. You know, if you live in a city, you know what this means. Um, it is understandable that those who are especially sensitive would not feel the desire to be of service to other self. So um, people who are very sensitive, which includes wonders, of course, they may not feel the desire to serve others. And this would also increase the probability of a lack of desire or a blockage of the red ray reproductive energy, not a blockage in red ray alone, because you may be homosexual. There's another misconception that can came out, come out of this. They're talking about red ray reproductive energy. This is the energy that you want to share in a reproductive way. You don't have to, but they're talking specifically about that. And this gets increased by the lack of urge or need or want to serve others in that specific way. It's another thing that can be extrapolated here terribly when they say it is understandable that those who are especially sensitive would not feel the desire to be of service to other self. Does this mean that those that are, um, that are sensitive in this case under the bombardment of cities are not wanting to be a service to, to others and then would suddenly become service to self? No. Would they want to be in the uh, sinkhole of indifference? No. They're, they're talking specifically about the desire to serve other selves in the aspect of sexual energy, energy transfer with the purpose of reproductive uh, uh, goals. So that is, it, it's, it's in a great way to see you know what they're they're talking specifically so far so none of this you know and can be taken from my point of view unless there is some you know there's some chink in the armor for some people and they feel attacked by something which really has to do with just any entity you know whether it be heterosexual homosexual pansexual or all the other plethora of uh, sexual ids that exist now and um i think we didn't read this so, okay, so they go on and say, in, un in an uncrowded atmosphere, the same entity would through, would, through the stimulus of feeling the solitude about it, then have much more desire to seek out someone to whom it may be of service, thus regularizing the sexual reproductive function. So, perfect. See, in an uncrowded atmosphere, um, even the person who may have uh, a tendency to be more feminine, say, you know, a, a guy who is has a tendency that seems to be more feminine, would have much more of a stimulus to, uh, because you're in solitude, you know, as opposed to what happens in a city. In a city, you want to seek solitude because you're overcrowded. You want to be alone. You just don't want to be, you know, around people. It's understandable. It is so overwhelming to live in a city. So every time, as much as you can, you're trying to be in your own bubble because you're so overwhelmed by, by everything that's happening not only in your mind, because the city is just tremendously stressing, but 
people around you and the noise and all the, the chattering and you know the, the, the alertness and the survivability that is going on. So you are seeking solitude. So in the opposite happens in rural places that people feeling solitude would want to engage more with other people. In this engagement, they would find more the possibility. I'm not saying that homosexuality doesn't happen in rural, of course, but they're talking about the tendency of this happening and the exacerbation of how certain uh, environments actually uh, create this tendency. So uh, again, these this rural places would, and once again, see how they're talking about the desire to seek out someone to whom it may be of service thus regularizing the sexual reproductive function. They would be more inclined. I I would tend to think I've known people who have uh, are gay and they wanted to have kids and so they have found willing partners who wanted to have a baby and not have a relationship. Yet they wanted to have a baby because it was just their desire. So this is more in, in line with the reproductive function. Of course, there's heterosexual people who don't want to have babies. And, you know, they just simply enjoy uh, sexual energy transfer in other ways, not in the red ray. So there's a lot that Ra was going here about the reproductive function, which is by nature, homosexuals are incapable of doing. So there's they're talking specifically about that. And remember, you know, from the past questions, we were talking about the sexual energy transfer which can only happen between a bi biological male and female because of just the nature of how things are. You know, there is a polarity, so it can only be experienced by opposites. Polarity cannot experience itself by the same. In this way, we're talking about polarity as in the effect of sexual energy transfer. Obviously, there is a physical interaction that happens in the sexual interaction between two, uh, two people of the same gender and that is fine but there is no sexual energy transfer as it is and that is just a metaphysical uh reality it's not something that is it, it's bias or anything it's you know it's the same thing as why homosexuals whether it be you know two women or two men cannot have a baby together that's just you know nature and being at odds with that is just being a, in, uh, at odds with how things are so in the same way it must be perceived that when they're talking about sexual energy transfer they're only talking about that specific function in terms of homosexuality. Uh, there are other things that, of course, you know, controversial. So uh, we'll finish this up and then wrap it up with uh, something else that I included here. It's a little, um, little bonus to this fascinating session. So let's go to the next question that Don has. It says, roughly, how many previous incarnations, shall we say, uh, would a male entity in this incarnation have had to have had in the past as a female to have a highly homosexual orientation in this incarnation, just roughly. Ra says, if an entity has had roughly 65% of its incarnations in the sexual biological body complex, the opposite polarity to its present body complex, this entity is vulnerable to the aura infringement of your urban areas and may perhaps become of what you call an homosexual nature. So here we get the percentage. This is just a tendency, okay? There is, there is the biological um, manifestation of the um, uh, of the the entity. So there is a male, and then there is a female, and that is that. 
Then there is the mental inclination, which comes in terms of the natural programming or database, soul stream, as Carla used to call it, um, of who we are. And so if you have had 65% or more of a opposite gender of what you are right now, then you would have a tendency to uh, identify yourself more as the opposite gender. So say uh, a male who has had a 65% or more experiences in the past as a female, then it would have more of a tendency. Of course, this doesn't mean that it will, but they say this entity will be vulnerable. The aura infringement of your urban areas. Again, that pressure or that stress, that uh, distortion that they're calling, the distortion is within the, uh, the environment that causes a behavior towards homosexuality. Again, see, words are very powerful here. That may be construed as me saying, you know, that there is a distortion being homosexual. I mean, there is a distortion in everything. There is a distortion being heterosexual. There's a distortion in trying to be, you know, asexual and becoming a monk. So, you know, it's, it's all about how you perceive the words and what they actually mean. So this is just a tendency that the person being programmed as they are, they can have the, um, the orientation of being homosexual. And we haven't even included so many other factors that I'll, I'll talk about in a bit, I, in a little bit. I just want to uh, finish up with what Ra says. So, all right, Ra finishes and says, it is to be noted at this juncture that although it is much more difficult, it is possible in this type of association for an entity to be of great service to another, infidelity and sincere green ray love of a non-sexual nature, thus adjusting or lessening the distortions of its sexual impairment. Boom! That's the one that I think probably gets a lot of people. Sexual impairment. Once again, there is a sexual impairment in the sense that homosexuals cannot have a sexual energy transfer and thus having uh, the possibility of, of an offspring, having a child, having a baby. So that is the impairment right there. Uh, it doesn't mean anything else. That's just exactly what it is. However, as they say, there is, and it is to be noted, that there is the possibility of having green ray energy transfer, right, of a non-sexual uh, nature. We can share love with each other. How is that possible? We're not having sex. Of course, because it's love. It's universal. We can share that. That's what we're all trying to do right now. So um, there is that possibility. There is a possibility of sharing, you know, uh, intellectual or uh, thoughtful energy as you know from mind to mind not only from heart to mark to heart but from mind to mind which is honest communication we can share sacramental um experiences too so all of this is transferred that can occur and uh what cannot happen is sexual energy transfer because again you know if you likened the um uh the polarity of electricity you know you need to have these two polarities for it to to work you know in um, in electricity, if you want to, literally, no pun intended, but actually pun intended, I guess, you know, you have a plug and you have an outlet, you know, that's how you connect something, you know, and likewise, we call it female and male, you know, so there is the transfer of energy, and that's how it's happening metaphysically. It's the way, you know, it was meant to be in terms of uh, reproduction. There is no other way. There is simply no other way. And that's just, I mean, 
you gotta take it up to the logos and or to the to the cosmic logos, I suppose, because there is polarity in male and female apparently in the whole universe. So, I mean, we can we can change this in the next octave. Who knows? So, um, this is important also to mention because there is the um, the possibility of green ray transfer between uh, people who are homosexual. Now. Here's my take, and I want to get just a couple of notes here of the amount of stuff that we have to uh, to consider. First, when we're talking about homosexuality, um, there is, and and after this I'll finish it with the bonus that I have in homosexuality. Uh, hopefully it doesn't get too long. But um, when we're talking about homosexuality, we're talking about just a very broad term in terms of what's happening with the individual. You know, first, there is magnetic attraction, which we discussed before. That magnetic attraction is what attracts people in the, independently of their gender because of the balance of polarized male and female. That attraction will occur. To be attracted to a man or to a woman, that is just how it is. Now, there is biological polarization, which means your physical polarization, who you are, you're a male or you're a female, and how you feel within that, you know, that is your, uh, also with the mental polarization. So there is an interaction between your biological polarization as it's represented and your mental one. So you will feel, you know, that too. That is another factor to put into play to kind of like piece together an entity who may have an attraction and have, we haven't even gotten there, a sexual orientation. So with those three in mind, you already know that you're piecing together a, an entity that has a, an inclination, that has propensities, that has a... Uh, and I, I'm merely talking about just the programming of the mind, of the biology, and the magnetic result that will happen with that. And now, add in the sexual inclination, which is, again, you know, uh, the how you have developed sexuality. You know, and this would determine if you want to have or experience sex with the same gender or not, or, you know, in how you, you want to to explore it, all these things. So, what really makes a person homosexual? This varies also. This is another type, of, this is what, and I, I personally get overwhelmed with the uh, pop culture definitions of a person. And I'm really at odds with all those definitions that they have, not because I have something against it, because, but more because it confuses and also separates even more people in our definitions. I think it's enough with all the divisions that we have. So now we have uh, all these uh, distinct acronyms, uh, acronyms and you know different uh, ways of identifying. People want to use them, you know, it's all well and good. I have nothing against that, but it's just confusing even more and more people. Not so much for the external people, but also for the person that is identifying itself, that is coming new to this. All, think about all the teenagers now who are exploring sexuality now. And now it's almost like studying, you know, academics to see, you know, well, I don't know if I identify with this, but I like this and I wanted to explore this. So does this mean I am this? I mean, it just creates so much of a confusion. And again, it's just my two cents there. So identity, but it's important to mention because identity is what really creates the person. Identity is what the person feels that it is. So homosexuality, bisexuality, uh, asexuality, 
uh, pansexuality. I mean, all these things really create this idea that I am this. And I'll throw in something that is, it's quite important to keep in mind because we have all these factors, right? We have uh, the male and female biological polarity, the mental one, genetic attraction, and we have specific sexual inclination and the identity of the pens. So all of this just get together and you can see that you just have one big mess that you have to figure it out so you put at, at last, you know, some sort of tag onto something. And what is tagging? Tagging is the opposite of unity. Tagging is the definition of something that is not reality. Anything that can be described is not reality. And even this whole content, the whole raw material is completely unnecessary. It is nonsensical stuff for the essence of reality. And this is where I want to take, you know, uh, a small oasis and bring you down to the true essence of reality. Reality is not definition. Reality is not constant. It's impossible to conceptualize reality because the moment you label something, it goes away, it changes. It's changing, it's morphing, it's shaping into something different. Uh, that's just the nature of it. It's like trying to uh, name a, a sound. The sound, it, it ended already. And you can have a replica of it, but it would not be the same. So uh, did you just name something in the past or are you naming a pattern? Patterns is what we name. But patterns are changing all the time. So in in reality, there is no true uh, definition of anything. It doesn't mean that there is no reality. We obviously experience one. It's just that we shouldn't be too focused into naming, identifying, or conceptualizing anything. And the more you get into trying to control a specific set of patterns in our apparent reality, the more you are going to be at odds with everything else because it's like trying to grab water with your hands and grasping it firmly and you cannot feel it. All you can feel is your grip, your fists, or your fisting in the way that you are trying to grasp water because you want to feel it. To feel the water, all you need to do is relax and let it flow through your hands. You can feel the current, you can feel the water, you can feel the cold, the exchange of energy between your hands in it and the water, and that's just how you perceive reality. In the same way, our brains are too fixated in this society to try and create a specific one thing that everybody can agree on, and you must respect what I believe on this. That is just mental strain that is causing you to have a brain hemorrhoid, if you will, you know, that will cause you pain and itchiness and all kinds of uh, embarrassing situations in society because there's an itch in there <laughs> so you need to scratch it um, so I'm not sure how I got to that but uh, the point is that you know you want to you want to know that in the end a lot of the controversy that happens you know in terms of homosexuality and the way you know it's perceived in the raw material here can be um, uh, can be misinterpreted I believe and you know to each their own, this is just my way of saying that homosexuality in general is just a preference. And I've met, uh, actually, a homosexual uh, friend 
who was a lesbian for for all her life. In fact, when I met her, she was so um, so manly that you could you could tell she was she was very feminine in, in her way, but you can tell she was a lesbian. And I never would have believed that she changed completely, and she realized that there was something in her that she wanted to, you know, she was just distorted by her family in the ways she perceived men. Uh, this comes, like I said in the previous video, it could come from that um, exacerbation. Of course, she was in a city too, which makes it, you know, again, I don't want to bring the whole controversy that, you know, in cities there's more homosexuals in rural cities. It happens, both places. There is just a bigger tendency because there's more distortion in the aura uh, infringement that happens there. And, you know, changed completely. She wanted to have, you know, a kid. And that's it. She felt a different call. That's not to mean that homosexuals need to change. It's just that it happened same way as heterosexual. All their life, they just felt they were heterosexuals. And all of a sudden, they just decided to explore homosexuality. Good for them. It's an inclination. It's something that we do. That it just happens, you know. And um, I strongly believe that the most macho men that exist and have existed are probably and definitely actually the most uh, gay people possible because they are repressing their own uh, uh, need for male contact. And you can see that actually, and I hope I'm not digressing too much here, but <laughs> just so fascinating. You can see this in, in the male mentality, you know, the, the macho guys that want to hang out with their friends and, you know, they're their wives and or women, they are women because it's possession. Um, so much negative orientation there. So you know they're just you know in the house and they don't deal with them because they're uh, they're scum and they're you know this is it's, it really gets horrible the way some men act and talk about women. So see the the the, the relationship there. These guys were very macho. They are. Uh, pushing away women and their wives and women are just sex, you know, sex toys and all this stuff. But all they do is that they just want to hang out with their friends, their male friends, you know, in settings that'd be, you know, uh, I don't know, bars or hunting or fishing and, you know, all of this. I love how George Carlin used to call it and say, like, you know, all of this is that repression of the gayness inside them that once they get drunk, together they say i love you i love you man i love you but i'm not gay you know they feel the urge to call themselves to say oh wait you know i am not gay saying you know basically i have a strong feeling for you that i am very afraid to explore i just want to say when i'm drunk so um you know and again it, there's so much to play here uh, and there's so much repression and the different you know angles that we can attack this with um or for the what homosexuality actually is you know to me um even if we go and this would be probably my final final edition in this part is that there is nothing to be proud of in my opinion of being any sort of identity that's just my opinion whether you are heterosexual you're very macho you're very female you're very homosexual you're very anything that only describes your own lack of acceptance of who you are, that you have to be so proud. It's like being a patriotic. Why do you have to be so patriotic? What's so, what's so uh, prideful in, you know, being part of a land, not even part of a land, just were born there, even. People don't, are not born there, but they're patriotic, so. Um, so, you know, this, if we see that, 
And there is, you know, I'm very proud of just liking men or liking women or, you know, then the bisexual in this case, and now I'm using bisexual in the, t in the way that Ra didn't use it, but bisexual people who have a, you know, a 50-50 on, you know, the likes of women, whether it be sexual or not. You know, like, I, I would, what would you say about monks? You know, monks who are have a chastity, you know, a sincere chastity, you know, in, in their vows. What are they? You know, to me, are they bisexual? Of course they are. You know, they like men and women alike. They're just, you know, in, they are attracted to both in a non-sexual way. And what is it that bisexuals that are attracted to sexual? It's just the way of they want to play with other people. So... You know, we, long story short, we get too much complexity into homosexuality and heterosexuality, any sexuality for that matter, that we want to com complicate it so much that it becomes almost like an untouchable topic that we cannot even discuss because it's going to offend somebody and it's going to take away and it's going to mention, you know, what's best or not for people. It just get, it gets honestly uh, out of hand sometimes. So. Um, that's my, those are my two cents again, you know, I, I probably added more stuff that uh, I wanted to, you know, in terms of my opinions, but hey, you know, I'm here to give my interpretation of things, and I believe this was a uh, very light session, actually, in the things that uh, they were talking about. So now, the bonus that I have is that um, Haton in, or Hayton, I'm not sure how they pronounce it, I think it's Haton, I don't know, I like to call it Haton. Haton is another entity from the confederation remember the ra that ra is part of the confederation of planets there are other entities there other social memory complexes uh haton was channeled uh, i mean they channel it a lot of times but they were channeled in 1976 and i wanted to add something in because the question was relevant to homosexuality and here you go where um again this was july 18 1976 you can find this in the description below uh, the transcript for this. So if you're interested in reading the whole thing, the questionnaire asks, I'm not sure if this was done, probably not, um, but they said, what is the function of homosexuality? And Hatton say, this is uh, an easier read than Ra. Hatton says, it is a difficulty of your language that we have trouble overcoming in, the, in that homosexuality is not understood as a type of sexuality, but is considered to be, in your language, a type of emotionally strong word. See, everything that I was saying, it's kind of reflected here too. You know, homosexuality is not a type of sexuality. It is not. It is, in our language, a type of emotionally strong word because of, of course, all the patriarchy system that we had. And even in the past, you know, ancient societies have seen homosexuality as just like, whatever, you know, you want to have, you know, sexual interaction with the same gender, who cares? Nobody cared. But at some point, of course, our male, you know, dominant society decided to say, that is, you know, that's not right. Religions, of course, God and, oh my God, they destroy this. And so this also was, you know, added into the social uh, anxiety, the, the neurosis of being homosexual. So Patton says it right away, you know, this is it's a difficult thing to talk about because homosexuality is not a type of sexuality. It's just, you know, it's just what it is. But they continue on. There's a couple more things that they say. 
I want to share. They say, the function of sexuality is to teach service. One is drawn to another of your species and forms a relationship in, and in that relationship there are opportunities for service or disservice. And gradually, as the spirit grows through this association, you begin to learn how to be of service. Were it not for the drive of sexuality, it is likely that there would not be these intense relationships and therefore these strong stimulants or catalysts to learning. See, I love how they're putting it here because they're talking about sexuality as something that is is, is a drive to find either service or disservice, positive or negative, you know, um, depending on how you want to see it. But there is that attraction. Without it, we couldn't have the intense relationship that we get into, you know, all those heartbreaking relationship that we go into and you know the intense ones that really you know bring up that ecstasy you know in us so <laughs> that is um that's a that's a jovial way to put in this and, and i love it so cotton keeps going uh, they say those who are homosexual have had a personality difficulty which drives them in a sexual way towards their own charge much like a positive charge being attracted to a positive charge this is due to confusion between incarnation previous incarnation being of one sex this incarnation being of another and again we have the foundation to talk about this when they said uh, that there is difficulty in um, their personality again because they identify themselves with a male body and or a female body but they feel like they're not because of their mental configuration in um, what is the uh, the male female polarity and how they feel so um, I am not sure if a, say, a feminine man or a, um, a male, a manly woman would be more inclined to be uh, gay or homosexuals, but who knows? Uh, but in any case, you know, they're just talking about that part that we know already. And this is to the confusion of between incarnations. We talked about 65% previous incarnations. And again, you know, they, they didn't talk about it here. They had to wait, what, five years, <laughs> almost five years for Ra to come in and, and add that in um, about the urban areas and all that stuff. But the last part that they say is, but the function of homosexuality is the function of any type of sexuality. It is to enable a person to form an intense enough relationship that he may learn how to serve and how to love. Love others more than himself, or shall we say, to love others more than his personality, as much as the creator. Just a loving way to finish this. So, again, the function of homosexuality is like any other type of sexuality. I know it sounds contradictory because they said that it's not a type of sexuality, and now they say this. But what they're talking about is just like the function of homosexuality in the way we perceive it is to have a drive, you know, to have an intense relationship with somebody and find love. How to serve with love. To love others more than himself, meaning the egoic self. Because if you identify with a self of who you are, you want to love other people more than what you identify yourself with. So with that, uh, to love others, but not as much as the creator or as much as the creator. Um, so, you know, it's just like, if you love the creator, you love everything <laughs> in the same way, if you truly love the creator. Not in some religious sense, but it's just like, my creator is better than yours, so I must kill you. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think this was a beautiful way for them to finish that up. Um, but anyhow, we're 40 minutes in. This is hat on. This is how I finish homosexuality. We have more to cover. There's a little bit more about um, uh, homosexuality here, but Don is going to go on and says, 
Timothy Leary, oh, famous, infamous, infamous, doing research, wrote that at the time of purity and up through that time, there is an imprint occurring on the DNA coding of an entity. And that, for instance, uh, sexual biases are imprinted due to early sexual experiences or some of the first sexual experiences of the entity. Does anything like this actually happen? Process, this is partially correct due to the nature of solitary sexual experiences. It is in most cases unlikely that what you call masturbation has an imprinting effect upon later experiences. This is similarly true with some of the encounters which might be seen as homosexual among those of this age group. Okay, so, um, couple of things. Ooh, yes, the, this is going to be explained a little bit more. Um, so Don is asking about uh, Timothy Leary, if you're not aware of who he was. Very, very interesting character. Um, go check him out. Uh, he was, I believe, he was in the 60s and 70s. He was, like, his best friend was Ram Das. Uh, they had a <laughs> such a funny story together. Uh, and um, he was very into psychedelics and, you know, opening society in so many ways. So I'm actually curious uh, to find out this research that he, he, did, he did. He was a psychologist also, I believe. And, um, you know, this research about DNA imprinting which um, it's a it's, it's a kind of scientific way of knowing we know that DNA comes actually more programmed into from the metaphysical we know that the source is more important than the manifested uh, physical energy space-time energy as we perceive it uh, but you know in any case DNA on the side Rai is talking about the um, uh, this imprinting not so much in DNA it's actually um, they say, due to the nature of solitary sexual experiences, I'm going all over, all over the place, and the question was actually if um, intense experiences, you know, or these early experiences have an imprint into who we are. Uh, so Ra says, yes, uh, sexual experiences and solitary in most cases are unlikely, which what we call masturbation, even though masturbation can, you know, in, in my opinion, can have a very intense impact in how we... Uh, imprint ourselves and how how we perceive now with this new experience but to say it doesn't um so i don't know I, I kind of disagree a little bit there so they say this is similarly true with some of the encounters which might be seen as homosexual among those of this age group meaning teenagers i suppose you know that have homosexual uh, interactions with each other doesn't mean that much of an imprint but they keep saying uh these are often instead innocent experiences or exercises in curiosity. However, it is quite accurate that the first experience in, the, in which the mind-body-spirit complex is intensely involved will indeed imprint upon the entity, for that life experience uh, a set of preferences. Okay, I read that terribly. So, um, in essence, these early experiences, even though I do disagree a little bit with the masturbation, it could be, they say, well, they do say that in, not in all cases, it's, not, it's unlikely, not impossible, but it's unlikely that masturbation has an imprinting. Because I, I guess they're talking more about the intense experiences that uh, happen in the nature of interaction between two entities. So um, just finishing up with the interaction, even, even in homosexuality, say teenagers or even uh, children, does not have an imprinting, as a lot of people have, you know, huge fears, you know, my son was playing with another kid, you know, um, you know, and, and they were naked, and, you know, my 
you probably don't think about it too much with girls, but whatever. Our society is just sick. <laughs> That's just how we are. Um, there is not so much of imprint. It's curiosity. I mean, think about it. As a child or as a teenager, you're just curious about what's happening around you. You know, what's going on in the world. And, you know, we are the ones with our biases trying to uh, think that this can have some sort of, you know, traumatic effect or something happening. So, however, it is quite accurate in the first experience in which the person who is intensely involved will have an imprinting on that entity. So, uh, or that experience itself, and it will create a set of preference. This makes sense. If uh, this is so common, and I've seen it with so many people that I have given counsel to and been, you know, privy to uh, to their experiences and their intimacy, is that um, you know a lot of traumatic effects is child abuse. Child abuse is by far the uh, the most um, think about it. When you're a child and you have nothing, whatever the experience is, whether it be pleasant or unpleasant, most of the time it's unpleasant. You know, you will have some sort of, um, it's like a momentum that will drive you there. So people who've had any uh, any child abuse, most of them very unpleasant, then they would have some sort of traumatic, you know, uh, reaction to certain things. And they would be uh, not inclined to uh, have certain orientations and sexuality, they would be very confused at times too. So you can see how we're adding now another element into the whole play of how somebody identifies itself sexually. You know, I think I, I've beaten the horse already dead. <laughs> the dead horse. Too much. I, I, I deaded it too much. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, in terms of the, the labeling, just the entity itself, without putting a label of homosexual or anything else, just its own sexual preferences, the plethora of possibilities out there, get really, you know, narrowed down by the experience. You know, this is this is strongly something that happens in our society. Uh, we do have, you know, these experiences that create so much of a misdirection. And see, I'm not saying that it's not, there's anything wrong with the person, Aside from the fact that they're pretty traumatic, traumatized, and they just they're they're closed up to having experiences with other people, not even sexual, but just being around. I mean, depending on how intense this is. So, uh, but conversely, this also can be you know, of say you know somebody who has a very pleasant experience, and you know it could be sexual interaction. You know, of two people that have a very loving, you know, uh, sexual relationship when they're young. And, you know, that really sets up, you know, who they are. And, or they could be very intense, you know, uh, orgasmic type of first experience. And it's just this wow, you know, experience. They just want to keep, you know, exploring that. So it really sets off or sets up the direction into which they go to. So I think that's as much as I can get out of this. I think I wanted to add something else, but like I said, I can talk about this for hours, hours um, on. So let's go on to the next question. We still have quite a bit to cover. Don says, does the Orion group use this, shall we say, as a gateway to impressing upon entity? Shall we say, preferences which could create negative polarization. Ra says, just as we of the Confederation attempt to beam our love and light whenever given the opportunity, including sexual opportunities, so the Orion group will use an opportunity 
if it is negatively oriented or if the individual is negatively oriented. So um, really good question from Don. And so we're going to go and explore a little bit how the Orion group and our own society uh, has been influenced in terms of negativity for sexual orientation. Um, so the Confederation, first of all, the Confederation is watching you while you're having sex. First of all, <laughs> and so is the Orion group. So whether that be, you know, a turn off or a turn on for you, I don't know. <laughs> but that's how it is. Uh, in any case, they are just, um, yeah, even when you're alone, I'm sorry. <laughs> They're trying their best to influence you. So the Confederation is actually uh, sending love and light in any opportunity because whenever there is an intense uh, emotional reaction in the body, especially between two people, and there is the opportunity to bathe these people in love light or the Confederation, you know, to try to influence telepathically, you know, what is it that they are experiencing? The same with the Confederation. So, remember, we are under the influence of not only our internal ones, but because we're on third density, we get a lot of external ones. And that's why the quarantine is set in place for us to have a balanced uh, amount of influence. Especially because the Orion group and other negative entities just want to, they invite themselves like, hey, I know you didn't call me, but I'm here. I would like to... Uh, create an empire with you, and you will be the emperor, or the president, depending on the timeline, or the time space. So, in any case, just know that Confederation and Ryan Group are watching you while you're having sex. <laughs> I get a kick out of that. Alright, so Don says in the next question, is there any emotional bias that has nothing to do with male-female sexual polarity that can create sexual energy buildup in an entity? Very confusing question. Don says, uh, Ra says, the sexual energy buildup is extremely unlikely to occur without sexual bias upon the part of the entity. Perhaps we did not understand your question, but it seems obvious that it would take an entity with the potential of sexual activity to experience a sexual energy buildup. Okay, so um, I feel that Don wanted to ask if there is like an emotional bias of any sort, whatever emotional bias you may have, you know, loving plants, uh, or caring about looking at the sky, whatever, you know, it fills you up to see the sky, sunny day, whatever. That will create an energy buildup that is not associated with, he said, um, sexual energy, or polarity, with male and female sexual polarity. That can create a, a, some, I guess, uh, turn on or horniness, I suppose. I don't know. And um, that's how I can translate sexual energy buildup. I mean, you have energy, sexual energy building up, you want to release it. So, uh, <laughs> saying it's extremely unlikely, you know, that uh, something without a sexual bias can occur, you know. So, they say it seems obvious that it would take an entity with the potential of sexual activity to experience a sexual energy buildup. So, you gotta have some sort of emotional sexuality uh, or sexual emotion for it to be a sexual buildup. That's, that beats me, so. Anyhow, we go into the next question. Don says, I was thinking more of the possibility of the Orion group having influence, say, certain members of the Third Reich, who I have read reports of having sexual gratification from the observation of the, in some cases, the gassing and killing of entities in the gas chamber. Okay, so yeah, this, this probably makes a little bit more sense in terms of the question. We'll get into this bizarre and very uh, uh, 
weird question, or actually dark question, but very real apparently. Um, but in any case, the the um, the origin of Don's question was if there is any sort of emotional bias that can be built by, say, Orion's influence. This will get a little bit more more clear now, as I remember from the next question. Um, that could create this energy buildup. So influence from the Orion group, and you know they were talking. He was talking about the Third Reich, basically, you know, uh, masturbating while killing people, which Ra is going to explain here. Okay, so we get into that. Ra says we shall repeat. These entities had the potential for sexual energy buildup. The choice of stimulus is certainly the choice of the entity. In the case of which you speak, these entities were strongly polarized orange ray, thus finding the energy blockage of power over others, putting to death being the ultimate power over others. This then being expressed in a sexual manner, though solitary. Okay, there's more to this answer, uh, but first, they repeat. They say, these entities had the potential for sexual energy build. Of course, they were already... Uh, they had some sort of sexual inclination. That's it. That's all you need. Uh, so the choice of stimulus is definitely, you know, a choice of the entity. In the case of which you speak, these entities were strongly polarized orange ray. They had a blockage. For you to be polarized in any energy center uh, sexually... Um, actually, no, let me rephrase that. For you to be polarized in any of the lower energy centers, you have to have a blockage. Because what sexual energy, and I'll repeat this, what sexual energy uh, is uh, it's seeking is the transfer, is the uh, its love in in that sense. It's transferring that love. Um, this is um, this is this is in part the uh, the reason why you know if you have any blockages in your say orange ray, like they're saying, you see others as. Uh, not even in the yellow. I mean, you're seeing them as the, the best way to control them. Like they say, the ultimate power over others is killing. So there is that possibility of, you know, if you you can control somebody to the point that you have their life on their hand, in, in your hands, then you have the ultimate control. And that translates as, you know, the most ener possibly energizing of the orange ray. The blockage there needs to be so intense that killing people actually, you know, gets you off, or whatever the term is. You know. um, I need to polish my English slang. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, just you know, getting uh, a sexual gratification from killing people. So this is just the energy blockage of uh, the polarized entity in the orange ray. So. Yes, and of course, you know, this solitary because they were just masturbating, they weren't, you know, having any interaction with another person while they were killing people. I can't believe. Never thought I would say this word. <laughs> but it is. The Raw continues and says, In this case, the desire would continue unabated and be virtually unquenchable. You will find, if you observe the entire spectrum of sexual practices among your peoples, that there are those who experience such gratification from domination over others, either from rape or from other means of domination. In each case, this is an example of energy blockage which is sexual in its nature. Sexual in the sense that you are trying to uh, dominate other people by having this sort of sexual uh, orientation or preference of what you want to do to the other person. Um, this is so 
so so obvious in the uh, direction of pornography. Um, pornography in and of itself, you know, was depicted all obviously in you know how men would um, would I wouldn't say dominate women. I don't want to say like in the beginnings it, it was probably a little bit more artistic than it is now, especially because of the frame of reference that we have with the um, the uh, the type of pornography that exists now, which is uh, pretty um, pretty intense. You know, there's a lot of the sadomasochism type of uh, uh, all kinds of um, what do they call it even? It's uh, I guess it's preference. Yeah, the preference that exists in even in the culture of how you treat other other people, whether it be men, mostly you know against female. But I've seen you know from reports of my friends, uh, younger friends from calling younger generation, the people in their 20s, there is there is a big switch from my generation. I'm in my 39th year. So, you know, people who are in their 20s, they're seeing a totally different generation because or um, influence from pornography or sexual um, education or influence in general, because there is uh, there is more of this this distorted ways of domination over over others. So you know there's now of course more females who are subscribed to this idea of dominating men, and it's just it's just very strange you know that we're taking this direction. But hey, world is what it is. So um, we can see that now as a reflection of who we are. You know not to not here to judge anybody who likes that type of stuff. That's just you know how it is. But it is a clear thing, just like we said, you know, homosexuals cannot have babies. That's just a fact. Then, you know, people who have domination over others, then they're having blockages in their lower energy centers. Maybe they're wanting to polarize towards the negative. Good for them. Uh, but that's just how it is. You know, remember, energy, uh, sexual energy is uh, it's seeking love, it's seeking green ray activation. So, all right, I can keep going on with this, but let's go we have more. And more clarifications. Don says, would the Orion group then be able, shall we say, to impress on entities this orange ray effect? Or did they? Is this the way that this came about? Is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> Don is uh, fumbling a little bit here. Is this the way these concepts come about, came about on this planet? Because if we go back, if we go back to the beginning of the third density, there must be a primal cause of this. All right, so... Don just wants to know what's the the origin of this, this uh, distortions that we have. Beautiful answer here. Ross says, the cause of this is not Orion. It is the free choice of your people. This is somewhat difficult to explain. We shall attempt. The sexual energy transfers and blockages are more a manifestation or example of that which is more fundamental than the other way about. Therefore, as your peoples became open to the concepts of bellicosity and the greed of ownership, these various distortions then began to filter down through the tree of mind. If you want the tree of mind video, into body complex expressions, the sexual expression being basic to that complex. Okay, so Don's question again goes into asking: um, Is this the origin? Did uh, Orion uh, started it? Did Orion bring about, you know, this distortion towards domination over others and all this stuff? 
And Ross says, you know, it's kind of difficult to explain, but I'm going to entangle it for you in my own humble and limited interpretation. The origin of all this distortion is that, um, first of all, it is the free choice of our people. How is that possible? How did we decide to become like this? So they say the sexual energy transfer and blockages are more a manifestation of that which is more fundamental than the other way about. Meaning that, you know, there is, it's a manifestation of what is fundamental. We want to have uh, sexual energy transfer, okay? That's just what we want and uh, not the other way around. So it's not like we get influenced into having some sort of sexual energy transfer. That's not what's happening. It's a natural function of the body. So as a natural function of the body, you can see it as coming out from the earth, literally, you know, this, this earthly need of having sexual energy transfer. However, um, or they say, therefore, as your peoples became open to the concept of bellicosity, which again, this is the Orion group influencing from above and saying, uh, kill each other. Uh, he is, uh, he has a different color skin. He is a different nation. He speaks a different language. He's taller than you. He has a bigger penis than you. You know, so <laughs> this is bellicosity in its uh, greater extent. So that became, um, and the greed of ownership, that's another thing. I own you. You are my wife. You are my girlfriend. You are my boyfriend. You are my husband. You are my, 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 my. So these various distortions then begin to filter down through the tree of mind into the body complex expression. Tree of Mind gets is our, uh, if you didn't watch the Tree of Mind, go watch that. You have to watch it so you can understand what they're talking about here. Links over here for the Tree of Mind. So, um, you can you can see that uh, this, this bellicosity, this inclination that we had for war, kind of went down to the Tree of Mind, and in the Tree of Mind, we all share it. Down to a certain level at the racial or planetary so this also manifests into our bodies so now we have that influence for sure so you can see the complexity of the the question being untangled here is that yes the orion group influenced from above let's call it that way on a natural need that we had through the ownership and bellicosity so being aggressive and owning being aggressive and owning does that sound familiar Typical men from the past trying to uh, be aggressive and dominate women. So, there we go. Alright, uh, next part is a, does the sexual energy blockages throw, though Orion influence and intensify, are basically the product of the beingness chosen freely by your peoples, of course. So, now that um, this happened the way it is, then we have the Orion influencing, you know, and intensifying it. It really is the natural part of the body trying to do it. So, hope that made sense. Um, let's go to the next question. One of the last ones. And uh, the last one, actually, where Don says, I just need to know if this then works through the racial memory to infect the entire population in some way. Does that sort of thing happen? Amazing question. An amazing answer. Too short for my likes, but uh, they did say that this was the last uh, question. So, Ross says, the racial memory contains all that has been experienced. Thus, there is some, shall we say, contamination even of the sexual. This showing mostly in your own culture as the various predispositions to adversary relationships, or as you may call them, marriages, rather than the free given one to another in the love and the light 
of the one infinite creator. So, how does this infect us? It does. It infects us in the way that it goes through the tree of mind and goes to um, our own consciousness. So we have that tendency. Remember, wanderers uh, especially are more sensitive to getting infected by the societal complexities that we have down in the tree of mind and also in our society expressed as it is maintained. The matrix of things. So... Um, this is we take on these distortions because it's just a natural thing that will happen and we will have these blockages I think this is a very very important point to stress uh, right now is that wanderers actually have a beautiful potential to take on these distortions Um, many wanderers would say oh you know uh, poor me why did I have to get mixed, you know, with all this negativity and now I have blockages and all this stuff? Instead of seeing it that way, see the honor and responsibility that you may have in carrying these distortions because with that, you are healing the tree of mind in the planet, the planetary mind. You, by unblocking yourself, if you have any blockages there, you will have the possibility of healing other people indirectly because we're all connected in our own planetary grid so it's really important to stress that out because we have that possibility um something else they said is that uh oh marriage of course (laughs) we had to talk about marriage so again you know i believe when they're talking about marriage it's not just a you know the the monogamous relationship that many people you know subscribe to that obviously you know that is that is it's a it's a beautiful way to express to express your love anything you know can be beautiful if it's taken with pure love uh, but also in what they're talking about in the adversary relationship is the concept of marriage as something that needs to happen for it to be okay you know just like they said you know homosexuals are not okay you don't tell people what to do you have no authority whatsoever to tell anybody what to do if you are doing that you are incurring in negative actions or negative polarity it's just how it is you know you never tell people what to do so why do we have marriage why do we have to you know whether it be in the tribe which i'm sure it happened you know some sort of marriage ceremony where you, know, the, you have to take vows uh, all of this is it's nonsense who who gave this vows to us uh who gave the ten commandments orion group <laughs> so you know marriage religious uh governmental obviously you know they want to control you the religion wants to control you and suppress your sexuality um and i love how they phrase it you know rather than the free given one to another in the love and light free giving you just want to give it you know want to have you know in a free society where none of this happens then we would have the possibility of just sharing our love and our sexual energy you know with anybody you know and you know curiosity springs on I'm sure we probably even have terms for homosexuality or bisexuality. It's just, you know, I want to have, you know, dessert today. I want to have, you know, uh, meat. I want to have veggies, whatever. You know, I want to go out on a hike. I want to swim. I want to whatever. It's just a preference of what you want to do. We don't have that here. So very limited. And that is actually a privilege. I know how it sounds, but it is. It is a privilege to live in a society like this because there's so much to reflect on and see who you are. So um, I think this finishes this up. 
I beat it already, uh, the concept of racial memory uh, with the tree of mind and how it seeps in into our consciousness. And we're going to end it here. But, conclusion, as always. So, we took a long voyage into sexuality. We explore the, um, uh, the controversial side of homosexuality, in this case, when Ra talked about it. And we can see, hopefully, through my points, that as much as we want to please, there is actually, I, I didn't include this here, uh, but there is, I read a, an interpretation that um, seemed more like a sort of, let's go save, you know, our homosexual friends who feel um, uh, affected by the raw content. And, you know, it was mostly to say, that, and again, n nothing against it. I think it's a beautiful act to try to do this and make others who feel offended by, you know, whatever Ra meant. I mean, who cares? Like, do you think Ra cared, you know, to be... They, they're not being... They don't see us that way. They barely even see us separate. They say they see us as one being. So, you know, the, the whole point was, their interpretation was that it was... Or, um... When Ra talked about... Uh, the magnetic attraction and the polarity, they took that as, you know, that is what they were trying to answer. And the distortion was of people who were not inclined to uh, want to be... So basically, homosexuals who were heterosexuals by nature, and they were inclined to be homosexuals because of society. And the Ra was specifically talking in every question about homosexuality, they were talking about these specific group of people that didn't have um, a um, a relationship, say, with their true, say, they wanted to be heterosexual. They, I don't know. I just don't like those constraints. This is just me. I feel that we're old. We we all have the potential to love each other in the same way, and we have certain preferences sexually. That is fine. Two different things. And even those two things can merge together. And we can love and have sex with everybody if we had an open society. If we probably had, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm just going on to the multiplicity of things that we can have or do. Certainly not in this society, not in our human consciousness the way it is. And probably never happened, may happen in the next couple hundred years if we don't get, you know, harvested totally. Uh, but that's just how it is. So in any case, Part of the conclusion is that, uh, if anything, I can encourage you, when we took that trip into the oasis of not labeling anything, labeling you is identifying yourself. Identifying yourself is separating yourself from uh, nature. And nature does not care who you are, because it can, you are nature, let's put it that way. And uh, there is no distinction. We are all one with everything. That is the ultimate realization. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to, uh, if you have any sort of reference blockages or whatever, that it's going to um, help you there or it's going to direct you more towards whatever. That is your entire you know, decision of what you want to do. But there's the, the charge, the burden, the load that people have because of the um, your sexual orientation, whatever it may be. There's a lot of heterosexual... I would even say that heterosexuals have even more repressions than homosexuals for so many reasons because they don't even know 
what it is to have, you know, many heterosexual. They don't know what's to have, you know, a sexual relationship with another self. Um, so, I mean, there, there's so much to go on here, but the, the overarching uh, point that I want to stress is that identifying yourself with the label is what may get you in trouble, whether you are homosexual, heterosexual, asexual, whatever. You know, just explore, experience, have fun. Life is about the journey. It's not about the little things that we uh, want to hold on to because we think we are that. Everything changes and experience is never the same. So with that in mind, uh, again, I could probably go on for another hour, but I'm gonna cut it here. This is the end of session 31. I hope you took something of value here you did please subscribe like hit the notification bell share this with anybody anybody i think this is a topic that is very interesting for anybody anybody has a sexual preference or orientation so my thank you for watching i will see you in session 32 where we'll talk about a little bit more mixed stuff there's still some sexual energy transfer there at the beginning uh so we'll uh, probably make a little uh, side note and to what we talk about here and you know try to try to um put it together with the question that's uh, that's asked there and we'll explore that session when it comes again thank you so much for watching i'll see you